0: If you will this morning, turn with me and the word of God to the gospel according to Mark. Chapter 7, verse 37 is where our text will be this morning. That's Mark seven thirty-seven, And we're beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, how great Thou art. Lord, I praise Thy name. and I thank Thee, Lord, that Thou art the Lord of all life. Thou art the Lord of all things. I thank Thee, Lord, for those that You have brought today to be assembled in this room. I pray, Lord, according to thy faithfulness where you have told us where two or more are gathered in thy name, you will be in the midst of them. I pray, Lord, that you would come with power to anoint this message, to bring forth thy truth, to come to the souls of thy people, to minister peace, to minister comfort, to minister identity. This morning, Lord, that thy people will know that you are their Lord. Prove to us this day, Lord, to each and every one of us, that you have done all things well. For this we ask in Jesus' name, amen. (coughs) The setting that we have this morning where our text comes from, Jesus had just healed the Syrophoenician's daughter and cast out a devil. And if we pick up in 31, it says, And again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and he put his fingers into his ears, and he spit." And he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, "Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed. And he spoke plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal they published it. And were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. The first glance at this message, at this passage, when I looked at it, the Lord came to me. It came with great conviction that as the Lord performed miracles, as the Lord would would come and walk upon this earth and people would see, a crowd of people would come and be brought to this understanding that He has done all things well. And I thought about my murmurings and I thought about my complainings and I thought about my doubts and I thought about my unbelief and I thought, Lord, show me that you have done all things well. And in his faithfulness, he started to show me once again how in all grace and all providence and all trials and all hardships and all blessings and all promises, he has truly done all things well. And I do believe that every child of God, every sheep that hears his voice, will be brought in their life to see this. They will be brought to lay down in the pastures of what the Lord has done for them. He will speak it to their souls that he has done all things well. As many of you know, yesterday I turned 49 years old. And God's great mercy upon me in my life, 49 years. There have been times in my life that I've been foreign to this saying that he has done all things well in the hardness of my heart. But as the Lord has been plowing and showing and revealing, I really can't complain. I have nothing to complain about. The Lord has done all things well. It's been a rough two weeks to three weeks in my life and in the last couple months. And many of you know things going on in my home where my oldest daughter. Twenty-three and was brought up in the church. You don't see her here. And that caused me great trepidation. It caused me still great concern. But the Lord must bring me and has brought me to see that He has done all things well. It's all really about His sovereignty. It's all really about what's pleasing to Him. And we as people on this earth, we have trouble with that. As it, as it comes up, we call them cross providences because as the Lord brings things into our life that we don't like, we start to wander and think that maybe those aren't brought for our good. Then the Lord reveals to us, Romans eight twenty eight that all things are for our good. So what's the answer? must be brought to wait. And to wait upon the Lord. To reveal that He has done all things well. We're going to be going to quite a few places in the Word today. That's my message this morning, that the Lord's laid on my heart that He has done all things well. We're going to come to some passages today that some may be challenging, some may be just precious truth to you. That's what I ask you in here as we go to these places is the Lord saying to you, He has done all things well. I'd like to start with the words of David in Psalm 119. 119 is that long, long psalm. It's got lots of uh, lots of verses in it, the biggest chapter, if you will, in the Word of God. And we're not definitely not going to look at all of it for time's sake this morning, but I want to bring you to a place where the Lord brought David, and I want to tell you this morning that the testimony that He gave David in here, starting in verse 65, is also my testimony, that I can stand up here because... The Lord has made me to experience this. Recently I was listening to a sermon and the gentleman that was preaching was speaking of the evangelist, Rolf Barnard, and he was near the end of his life and someone came up to him and asked him, do you believe everything that's in the Word of God? And I think all of us, to a person in here, would answer to that, yes, absolutely. The Lord has shown me that everything he's written is true. But Rolf's answer was, I don't know yet. I haven't experienced it all. And when I heard that, I was like, "Yeah, that's the difference between head knowledge and what the Lord has done in your soul. Because when you do experience His Word and you take it as your own, the Lord is my shepherd. Then you know. Then you know His presence is there. He has preached that to you and your soul. He has called you one of His own. So in verse 65 and a few verses afterward, I say to you this morning, the Lord has taught me this. Beginning in 65, Thou hast dealt well with Thy servant, O Lord according unto thy word. I can stand before you today. I can confess things as I have this morning about things that although my house not be so right with God, but yet the Lord has made a covenant with me. And I know that covenant of grace is something He has made with me. And I pray that it is one that He has made with my children and those that are in this room. But He brings me to see that He has done all things well. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord. You have. According unto thy word. You know, we, when we go through afflictions and we go through trials, we focus on those. And we get down on life and say life is hard. And I've said that many times. Life is hard. But what we miss is all the mercies that He brings that are new each day. That in comparison, what the Lord has done through His great love, through His great mercy, to give faith, to give joy, to give peace over and over again in His faithfulness. He has done all things well. He has brought us through the wilderness. He has brought us to Him. He has dealt well with His servant, O Lord, according unto Thy word. And He has showed me that. That He has dealt with me according to what He's revealed in His Word. That this is the Scriptures that speak of Him. That He has finished what He said He came to do. That all that He has done, He has done for me and every one of His elect sheep. And He's done it perfectly. And there's nothing to be added to it. Nothing for the creature to do because He's done it all. This same psalmist in 57 said, I cry out unto the Lord who has performed all things for me. That's an experiential knowledge to know that the Lord has performed everything in his life. Every battle the Lord delivered him through. Every trial the Lord delivered him through. And as a king, he gave David the knowledge and the wisdom to reign and the power. Thou hast dealt well with Thy servant, O Lord, according unto Thy Word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge. Lord, I must be taught good judgment and knowledge. It comes from You. It doesn't come from books. It doesn't come from man's mouth. It comes from the Word of God, the big W Word, the Word that was made flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, who feeds His own. Teach me good judgment and knowledge for I believe thy commandments and I know with the psalmist. I believe it because of his faith. I believe it because he's given me a faith to believe it. What separates me from the guy on the street who doesn't believe the Lord? Grace. Nothing in me. All that's in Christ. Grace and mercy (coughs) to save a wretch like me. For I believed Thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now have I kept Thy Word. I think about that and I have conviction again because I think about how, and we're going to talk about that today, about this struggle that goes on. And I think, Lord, many times, I haven't kept Thy Word. But there is a nature and a new man in me who always has. It's the seed of Christ. It's the new man. It's the man that does not sin. That is what I can say. Lord, You have performed all for me. Your holiness is my holiness. Your righteousness is my righteousness by imputation. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept Thy word. Thou art good and doest good. you ever been brought just as you... You're sitting reading the word, or or maybe it is in the middle of a hardship, maybe it's in the middle of an affliction. That's even sweeter. But in the days and in the nights, in the daytime is in the day of prosperity, when everything is going well. Those times were more susceptible to look up to the God and say, Thou art good. But what about the times he's caused grief? What about the afflictions of the soul that have that have weaned us from this world and caused us to cry out to Him. Have you been proven that He's good, that He's done that well? He's done all things well. Thou art good and doest good. Teach me Thy statutes. Teach me Thy ways, O Lord. Teach me Thy truth, because You are the way, the truth, and the lie. Now I want to look at a few things this morning. As I said, we're going to turn to different places in the Word. I want to prove to you, I know I can't, but the Holy Spirit, take the Word and prove to you that He has done all things well. And of course, we start in Ephesians 1, because we must start in eternity. As much as the Lord has given us, we must see where the Lord has begun it, and how He begun it, and for what purpose did He begin it. And we see that right off here in Ephesians 1. And we'll just pick up in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Has He done that well to you? That all the blessings that you and I will ever receive, the spiritual blessings that we have are in Christ. That he is our Joseph, who, and he opens the storehouses, and he gives of the food, and he gives of what we have need of in our souls. He brings forth the bread. He brings forth the, the nourishment. He is the living water that springs up in us. Has he done that well? Has he done it from eternity? Like, like we hear here that the Father has blessed the Son with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Do you see that? Do you see how we're holy in Christ? Do you see how we're made blameless by the blood of the lamb? Is that something that makes you revile or or rebel up and say, no, I want to have a part in it. I want my mark. I want to make my mark in my salvation. I want it to be mine. But it's not. It's not a child of God. It's His to give. We're in Christ. We're the the body that's in the head, that's that's in Christ as He is our head. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself. He has adopted that this group of people, the ones that He came to die for, took from that line of Adam, said, I will die for them. This was all in eternity. He was a lamb slain, before the foundation of the world, has He done all things well? Has He left anything for you and I to mess up? And I say that because I know myself. And I will indeed mess it up. But praise be to God, He's done it all. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us. He has conformed us to His image. He has has done all things. He has made us accepted in the Beloved. We are justified in Him. We are sanctified in Him. And all that we have is in Christ. And there's there's not a shred of any need outside of Him in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Not according to us. Not according to what we've done. According to His grace. Wherein He has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. I read these things and I say, Lord, what did you leave out that I have need of? You are all my wisdom. You are all my prudence. You are all of my... You are all of grace. You are everything to me. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will. The mystery that Christ came in time to save His people from their sins. The mystery that only life is in Christ. He has been gracious to reveal that to His children. And it's the world is blind to it having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He hath purposed in Himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in Him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel of His own will. He hath done all things well. You see that sovereignty that just comes out in all the pages? He's done it according to His will. He's done it on behalf of His own. He's done it for His own. He has done everything that the Father sent Him to do. And we hear that in verse 12. That we should be to the praise of His glory who first trusted in Christ. Who first trusted in Christ? That's the triune God. That's God the Father. That's God the Son. That's God the Holy Spirit who gave Christ the preeminence. That is who first trusted in Christ. And because He did, His children will and shall. But I told you we'd come across a couple things today that... My soul says, praise you, hallelujah, Lord, but I don't know. We'll see what yours does. We'll go to 1 John 3 now, and we'll we'll read a little bit about what he's done in sanctification. Be holy as I am holy. Our holiness is in Christ. Our holiness is the holiness of Christ. But if you look at verse 5, chapter 3, John writes, And you know that He was manifested to take away our sins. And in Him is no sin. The Lord was manifested to take away our sins. That's why He came. came to save His people from their sins. And then we have that beautiful eternal vital union spelled out for us. Whosoever abideth in Him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen Him neither known Him. Now, The easy explanation to that is of course those in Christ have seen Him as He's revealed Himself to them and those outside of Christ or those that haven't been revealed Christ yet don't see Him. But I want you to go a little deeper if the Holy Spirit takes you there today. And that's where I think this passage starts to lend itself when it starts to talk here in a minute about the seed and and what's born of God. That we do have natures. And we do have the mind of Christ because of Christ. And we do have what verse 9 will tell us, we're born of God because His seed is in us. That is that new nature. But there is another nature that wars against that new nature. And that, that one will follow the devil. And that one will follow the world. And that one will lust after sin. And praise be to God, one day, one day in the Lord's perfect purpose and providence, that will be no more. When the Lord takes His children to be with Him away from this earth, that old nature and that old man will never come with us. Never. As I said at the beginning, I'm now 49 years old, and I seem to find this old man gets heavier to me in this journey. It gets heavier to me. It it seems like when I was younger, I didn't pay him any mind. In fact, I'd run right next to him a lot in my life. But now he seems like this huge weight upon me. And the only deliverance is when the Lord reveals that seed in me, Christ, the hope of glory. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He has done all things well. He is our righteousness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And those works... Will be destroyed one day. And all of the works of our flesh will be destroyed. If that doesn't make something in you leap for joy and look forward to that day. None of us have death wishes in here. None of us are saying, oh, I want to pass from this life. No. But to see what the Lord has designed in shedding us of that weight in shedding us of the sin that wars in our members as Paul talked about in Romans 7 what what a glorious design he truly has done all things well in the complete salvation of his people whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. That's where we have, as I've already mentioned, that's where we have this new nature. That's where we have Christ, the hope of glory living within us. Praise be to God for that. But not only is he our sanctification, he's also our justification. Paul said in Romans 5, 6, for when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. In Second Corinthians five twenty-one, he writes, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Turn with me over to Romans eight. We love Romans eight. We love Romans eight for many reasons. I personally love Romans 8 because it's right after Romans 7, (laughs) which explains to me, Paul explains why I have this struggle in me in Romans 7, and very blatantly and very honestly he says the things that he wants to do, he can't do, and and I've found that to be true in my life also. I also find it to be true that he brings me to verse 24 to cry out, O wretched man that I am. And he causes me to cry out, who shall, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? And I also can testify to you that he is faithful to show us that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is the deliverer. And then we begin right in verse chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, He has done all things well. He's taken away the sin. He has taken away the condemnation of the sin. And He has set us free. He has set us free. If you be free, you be free indeed. If I've set you free, the truth shall set you free. The truth which is the truth, the way, the truth, and the There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's victory. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned Sin in the flesh. That's where it's condemned. Christ came and fulfilled the law. Christ came to set us free. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now just turn over a little bit down to 32. 32. And like I said, I could read all of this. That's so glorious and beautiful, but for time's sake, we'll just go with what He's laid on my heart. Verse 32, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? It's a question. It's a question for you. It's a question for me this morning. How can we say... That he has not done all things well. When He and the Father has purposed all things that will ever be needful for our soul and for our salvation, for everything He has provided for our <laughs> pilgrimage here on this in this earth, on this earth. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. He's done all things well. He's removed the condemnation. He continues to make intercession as our high priest. He is our resurrected Lord, and because of him we have resurrection life. We have life in the Son. Turn with me now over to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm sorry, not 3. Let's start in 1. We'll end in 3. And beginning in verse 18. For as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. You know, it's something we have to be taught that traditions can't save us. The faith of others can't save us. What the Lord revealed to other people can't save us. It can't even, I mean, it can give us a happy thought or we can nod our head in assent. But the Lord has to come to us. Individual, he has to come to to be the one who teaches us all things but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot see he was the perfect sacrifice because he has done all things well who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. I wonder, I read that and I say, "Wow, Lord, you keep manifesting yourself over and over to me. And I keep thinking experientially, that's very true. That you hope that as the Lord reveals how you've went off the path and he brings you back, you hope that's the last time you go. You hope that's the last time you wander. Oh, Lord, keep me in this path. And He reveals to you the depth of His blood to take that sin away and that He has washed away every sin and taken it away as far as the east as the west and the, and the Father will never see it. And that's the glorious gospel. And then as sheep, because we have this struggle, we, we walk away again. And, and I know as a father, sometimes I get very upset when my children do the same thing over and over and I get upset and I may lash out and say things that aren't edifying ungodly even but not this savior not this lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world not this one who has redeemed me with his precious blood he manifests himself to me again and says, Thou art forgiven. And I think, Lord, how many times? And he says perfectly, 70 times 7. And yeah, it causes some pretty hard nights to sit and think, Lord, how can I keep sinning against you? I know that many times the, the accusation has been made against preaching the totality of Christ and Him being everything is that people will sit and live any way that they possibly want to because they'll say, well, I'm forgiven and it doesn't matter what I do. The child of God can't have that thought. He sees the the gift of salvation and what was paid for it. He sees what his Lord has done and it grieves him to sin against his Lord. He doesn't want to. That's what Paul said in Rome. I don't want to do these things. But praise be to God, there's one who delivers me. There's one who shows me he is the way, the truth, and the light. Now just turn over to 1 Peter 3.18 for a minute. We'll just tag on to this. With this thought. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. He's the just and justifier of all of His people. He is our justification. How do we come and be pronounced not guilty, as guilty and sinners as that we are? Jesus comes and says, I've pronounced you not guilty because of my perfect obedience, because of my righteousness that I have imputed to my people. he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but quickened by the Spirit the Lord has done all things well and he's done them all well in love if turned turn back with me to Ephesians 3 and we're nearing the end here so we've got a couple other places to go I wanted to show you this morning that he's done all things well even in love Ephesians 3 Uh, beginning in 16. That He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. That's where strength comes from. It comes from Christ. It comes from the Spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Faith is a gift of God. Faith is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith and love work hand in hand. That ye being rooted and grounded in love. This is how we can comprehend the depth of His love. What we just talked about a few moments ago. How can you be so long-suffering to such an unworthy person? How can you be so merciful to one who doesn't deserve mercy? that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's how He's faithful who's called us that He will do it. To show us the depth of His love. To show us. And when He does, there is no greater love. I find in my life, when the Lord reveals His love to me, it shows me what I call love is not love. When He shows me the depth of His love toward me, and that love is worked out of me to those that I love, they can tell a difference. And they witness that difference. That's the depth of His love and His faithfulness to reveal it. Romans 5, for our last stop of the day. Beginning in verse 8. But God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I didn't say anything else and the Holy Spirit used that verse to come to you today to feed you with that morsel to show you the depth of love to show you unmerited what grace truly is the depth of what the Lord has done in His love toward His people it would be enough But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us much more then. Being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by what? by our works by a creed by a denomination by by his life eternal vital union it is vital to know that we are eternally in Christ that we are saved by his life and what he has done for us that he what he has done as our substitute what He has done as the One who has put all sin away. The One who has satisfied completely and perfectly the justice of the Father by what He's done. Truly, He has done all things well. Now you know as well as I can, I can keep going in these Scriptures, but I knew there had to be a time to come to where we cut it off. So we'll go right back to our text. This morning I'll read the text one more time. Mark 7:37. And they were beyond measure astonished, saying, He has done all things well. Yes, he's done all things well according to Paul in Romans 8:28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose we know what Paul said in Philippians 2.13 for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure he has done all things well he maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak I'm a living testimony of that today because there was a time in my life where I didn't hear And certainly a time in my life I couldn't speak of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord loose our tongues today. May He give us ears to hear of what He has done for us, in us, and for the glory of Him. He has truly done all things for us. Dear Heavenly Father, may He add Thy power, and Thy clarity, speak to the souls of Thy children for Your name's sake and for Your glory alone. In Jesus' name I pray.